What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pal, Spax Phoenix, along with Christian. This is Flix Fix, and WandaVision is over. Wait, so we're not talking about wrestling in this one? Fuck off. <laughs> You're not nice to me. No. Nope. You, you bully me quite a bit. She's making nope. fun of me, folks, because I messed up the intro the first time around. This is the level we're operating at tonight. It's tired in here, and there's maximum effort. Um, so yeah, we got to talk about the last two episodes of WandaVision, literally called Previously On and the season finale. Yep. Series finale. Series finale. Um, literally, I do love how corny all the names of all the episodes are. I know that has nothing to do with the quality of the actual show, but it it also does, because it's great. Um, before we get into the two episodes... Where do you sit, like, after now, now that we've seen the finale, now we see how they've wrapped it up, where are you sitting with the whole WandaVision presentation? I thought it was a great little series. Um, I like the fact that it's one season, and it kind of, it wrapped up a lot of its loose threads, but not, you know, classic Marvel. Not so many that you're like, fuck, now I have to watch the next thing, see what the hell that meant. I will be interested interested to see when we get to some of the movies that this leads into, because it leads into a couple of different things. I will be interested to see, look at those movies and think, okay, how messed up would I have been if I had not watched this particular show? Because they've said, they've said flat out, this is meant to be the connective tissue between the movies now. Mm-hmm. So, I like, we've talked about before how the MCU basically traps you. Like, I wouldn't watch Ant-Man if I didn't know that Ant-Man was going to somehow figure into, like, how we saved the world in Endgame. But I think as a whole, uh, I'm going to do what I've, I've done the whole time. Huge, huge, huge acting flex from Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen all the way through this. Mm-hmm. Especially towards the end when Paul Bettany sort of existed twice. Which we're going to talk about. <laughs> but... How much... How... I mean, we were going to talk about that later, but how much paint did that guy have to put on? Holy crap. Oh, man. I, there was an interview that I saw. How many times did his head have to be painted? Well, yeah. And when we, when we talk about the final episode, you're going to talk about uh, what we always talk about when actors sort of act against themselves, because spoiler, there's two visions, but. Well, that's what happens at the end of the first episode we're going to talk about. Well, they don't fight at the end of the first episode. He's no, just, they he's don't. Just but uh, there, there are that two of them exist at the end of the first episode. We're going to talk about. Yeah. So not only is he covered in paint to the fact that he's almost unrecognizable until he starts speaking, but he's also fighting against nobody while he's doing those scenes in the last episode. Which I have to imagine that's got to be like one of the hardest things to do. In to in act, act against yourself. Well, to act against yourself or to act against what's going to be like a CGI creature later on. Like, I'm sure there's a stand-in. I'm sure there's something to give them a focal point to, to direct their acting at. But, like, in his case, he literally has to pretend that he's talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I don't think, unless unless you've got something you want to deep dive on right away, I don't think the first of the two episodes is something we need to dive into too much because it really was sort of a recap and a pre-show to the final episode. Um, no, there is some things I want to talk about in that episode. That's the episode okay. where Wanda goes through her goes past, through time. right? Oh, no, we goes are we are going to talk about it. I just don't think it's going to be as much conversation as, obviously, we're going to get in the finale, because the finale goes in a hundred directions. I mean, because basically, in that episode, 
they introduced the idea, I guess. Some people are saying they introduced the – they basically retconned sort of Wanda's background and saying – I mean, yeah, she got – she's had powers all along. The Mind Stone, like, enhanced all of her powers, but she's had powers all along. I don't think I don't I I, don't, I wouldn't consider I I know where you're going I, I I don't consider it a retcon in the sense of I don't think they changed the story. That's what everybody's calling. That's what everybody's calling yeah. it. I don't think I think what they're saying is she was showing a little bit of power when she was younger. She just didn't realize it. So we're yeah. realizing it as she's realizing it. But I think that could have been the case all along because it does. And the one thing I absolutely love about these shows compared to like what the Marvel shows on TV because the Marvel shows on TV can reference and wink and nod at stuff. Whereas these shows can literally like pull a scene from the movie and be like, yeah, remember when this happened? And I think that fluidity is what's going to make these shows great. But I love that they took a story from age of Ultron, which is basically I'm Elizabeth Olsen. Here's my character. And let me tell you why I'm pissed and why I don't like Tony Stark. And that they made that a pivotal point of the penultimate episode of the whole season um mm-hmm. the whole idea of seeing seeing them seeing the family you know why she gets tied in with all the sitcoms because her parents were showing her sitcoms while the city was t- tearing itself apart actually seeing what she spoke about when she sat face to face with the stark missile waiting for it to blow her up uh it's really it's really impact i found it really impactful to like start that scene to start a scene like that where the crowd already knows what's happening and you're like you realize what they're doing oh my god they're doing this they're doing this and there's the missile that's that's the thing she talked about it's like it's an easter mm-hmm. egg stretched out to its its fullest potential and then to like you say retcon it from our point of view but not necessarily change what happened yeah. to uh to say that you know, hey, you should maybe you shouldn't have been scared of Tony because you didn't know it, but you had the power to stop his missile all along. And then you get the the other thing is the big box of sitcoms, which basically led to her creating the sitcom reality within the hex. I thought I thought it was neat. The other ones, the other ones I could have taken or or left, like uh, where she's in the Avengers Tower and they just have like some awkward flirty conversation with her and Vision. Like, we could kind of assume that that happened, because there is very much a scene similar, if not identical, to that in... Oh, which movie is it now? Um, Civil War. Civil War. When he's trying to cook for her, and he doesn't know that it tastes like shit because he can't taste anything. Like, they basically have a flirty conversation like that, where he's trying to, like, help her out and make her feel better. I don't mind that. It had the... I heard it's a controversial line of when he talks about his grief uh love persevering i think yeah i don't i don't but there's a lot of people that say the line is controversial based on what i I, I haven't heard that i have to read the articles i mean if it's just somebody that doesn't like his definition of love then you're not going to be able to watch any like romantic comedy ever um I, th- I think I think it works though because if you don't love somebody and they didn't love you, then their loss wouldn't hurt you. Like as much as you're hurting right now is how much you love that person. I think it's like even outside the scope of like MCU sci-fi comic book stuff. I think that's a perfectly valid message. 
if if you don't mind me getting all serious there for a second. I'm sure it was just one of those, like, hey, I'm going to say this shit so that you can, you know, read the title and want to read the article, but I don't most of the time. Are you saying there's clickbait on the internet? I know. That's crazy, right? Crazy. Yes. Yes, indeed. I will say the one I, the one I did like because the original uh, image of her and her brother being in the, what was it, the Hydra testing facility was a post-credit scene on a movie that a lot of people didn't even pay much attention to until she was introduced in the next movie. I really did like the way they expanded on that and how they were treated and sort of tested on and whatever, and the, the idea of the, uh, the Infinity Stone sort of giving her an image, basically like, your powers are growing, we're... It, it, Basically, the stone saying, I'm boosting your powers, and this is how powerful you're going to be one day. Like, she's having a mm-hmm. converse, like she's having a mental conversation with it, but she, obviously, it's so traumatic, she suppresses it all, but to literally have the image of the, image of the Scarlet Witch, like, shown to her, after we obviously saw the, the um, subliminal Halloween, like, look at this goofy witch costume I've got, um, to then come back around to... What was it next? Because it was that, and then it was the conversation with Vision, and then it was just Vision dying, which was terrible for her to relive, obviously. And then she... She died twice. Yes. Well, three times now, technically. Yeah. But um, then her going to this random... To find out... This was... it was. I don't mind that they did this, but it was kind of clunky to sort of introduce this idea, and they've done it twice now that Vision, the robot, has a legal will, like, for when he passes away, and he basically left her this property, but because all the shit went down, and all the destruction of, like, the the snap and all that happened, she goes back to see it, and it's just an empty lot. And then she has her big, like, outrage, outburst, like, her emotional breakdown magnified by the power that she doesn't have really control over, and how that creates the hex i think visually and i also thought that it was really interesting because you could see the parts that uh i forget what his name hey something the the big bad milk sword guy isn't it Uh, it like hayward or something like that yeah it's something it's something like that i dislike the character so much that i think it chooses security footage to like show everybody to be like, look, she stole the Vision's body. Oh, that's the other. All those th- things in the security actually happen, but it's totally out of context. Well, it, to- it totally that as that... opposed to something I feel like that would be a little more what what usually happens in these kind of shows, which is like, look, he made fake footage of it. Yeah, he I know all that shit happened. But he didn't. He didn't. Like... He didn't create. The, but that's that's the difference, though. He didn't create fake footage. He just lied by omission. And that yeah. was. And that. And I will say, you're talking about retcons earlier. That was a retcon because up until that point, we thought she did, and we were still behind her in that decision because she is the good guy and she's just trying to give her loved one a burial, right? Uh, and if it had been the case, I wouldn't have minded. But it's the idea that she stole his corpse for lack of a better term and put and reimagined like a living skin for it and but when you get what actually happened and that she wasn't able to steal it and whatever and that physically creating him was entirely from her and out of like scratch that makes her creation of him even more of a powerful thing to me anyways 
Yeah. Because you didn't even have anything to start with. Because then, remember, we were basing that on, like, oh, well, how'd they get her brother in there? Well, it's not really her brother. Like, they just superimposed his image on, like, one of the townspeople, which is kind of true. Was Ralph the one that which she was Which was Ralph. But, I mean, no, but, he's like... The, he's the husband that, she, that Agatha talks about the whole time. Exactly. But the way the way we thought she created Vision, in it, at least to me, it informed how I was guessing she created her brother. So when one became entirely not true, it totally threw you on the other one. And then you got the kids that were that were created completely from scratch, which is kind of a hint. But um, anyways, after... Because I don't remember what's happening with actual... Is, is, um, is actual Vision still talking to Darcy while she's going on the time travel yeah. trip? He's uh, he's making no, his way home. He's flown he's flown out of the of the car by that point. He did that at the end of the last one we talked about. Yeah, the last one we talked about. Cuz he's not he's still driving at that point. Yes, and we're going to talk about Darcy in a second. Um, Darcy's but, awesome. But in the in the flashback episode, I don't think we see Vision at all, so I think we're supposed to assume the whole time like he's on his way home. Yes. Uh, but it ends with it, well, it it ended the last episode we talked about ended with her being trapped in the basement and not knowing where the kids were. This episode ended with her finally breaking out of like the the flashback spell thing. That I like Agatha's that this doing. whole thing that Agatha's trying to like figure her out. Like what? How did you do? What is this? Yeah, she's not even like it's not even she's not playing the know it all. Mm -hmm. uh, she's not playing the know-it-all bad guy, which I think when this whole show is over, I think that's something that's going to go under the radar a little bit, is most of these bad guys that are all powerful, they act like they've got their finger on the pulse, they act like they know everything, where it's like, no, I don't know how you did this, you're going to tell me how you did this, and if you don't know how you did this, I'm going to force myself and my help on you to figure out what you did, so that then I can steal it, because right now I don't know what it was. I, think, I feel like Agatha as a villain is going to go – she's going to be underrated. Of course, yeah. Well, because – I, I really thought she was a fantastic um, villain for this show. Well, she she had to play the surface villain, right? Like the, the evil – sitting in the evil chair, like tapping your fingers together villain while mm -hmm. the dickhead from S.H.I.E.L.D. and whoever's behind Agatha and maybe – you know, Scarlet Witch's own demons and her own bad deeds herself were sort of the re the sort of quote-unquote real bad guys. But, mm -hmm. like, she had to be the thing on the surface so that everything else that was happening around could happen. Like, she's a little bit more animated. She's a little bit more of a cartoony bad guy. But they needed I, I that. I liked it. They, they needed... I, I do like the the spin on this on the Salem Witch Trials as well. The fact yeah. that she was executed for being a not for being a witch, but executed by her fellow witches for doing bad witch stuff. I thought I thought that was an incredible... Like, obviously, you want the big, huge impact of she's such an evil person, she even killed her mother. Because every person in a comic story, whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, has mommy or daddy issues. It, I mean, it, yes. If Like, the only thing that could have made that any, like, cheesier in the best way possible would be if her mother's name was Martha. Martha. Why did you say Martha? I can't Why do that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought that, and they they obviously call back to that in the final episode as well. But it it does still 
two episodes in a row. The um, the Agatha All Along episode and then this episode both end on cliffhangers that make you feel like the last three episodes of the show happen in about 24 hours. And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. You know, you can imagine all the whole rest of the show has, has existed over like weeks or maybe even months or whatever. But the last three episodes, you're stretching out the activity of one day to make those activities the most meaningful. And I'm okay with that because basically she's got magic leashes on both the kids and uh, Scarlet Witch just has a big pose off with her. You're not going to take my kids. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. She basically pulls out two big balls of energy and I equate it to like if Wolverine's getting ready for a fight, it's the uh, pop the claws moment. Yeah. But it's her version of pop the claws is to just like create those two. And it is, I don't want to go too deep dive on symbolism because I think we did that in the first couple of episodes, but it's cool to see her energy as we know it. Because when it was in the 50s, it, they had, like, the little, like, I Dream of Genie graphics. And yeah. then when it was, like, 60s, 70s... And oh, that, was was... Another, that was another thing for the final episode, I guess. Uh, I feel like they blew at least 60% of their effects budget on just the final episode. Oh, God, yeah. It's a completely digital <laughs> that's fightscape. A, that's, why all, that's why all of the first episodes are, like... Low they're end. like, we want to do this. How do we do this in a way? And they're like, I know we will have, we'll have a sitcom motif, and then it's fine. Okay, no, the sitcom motif this. comes from the emotional punch no, of know. like the family thing. But I think, I think, but both both ends, and I think you're hitting on the same point, and I think I'm stepping on it a little bit. I think the end of the show benefited from being so high budget, and the beginning of the show benefited from being so low budget. Yes. Because I just like. But um, sort of bringing it around to my point for a second to see her go from the like the little like I dream of genie sparkles to like when she tried to get rid of the stork when she was in the middle of having the kid. It was like it was red smoke and it came from slightly off stage like it would have on a sitcom. And then as we sort of went through and went through and went through and then it gets back to her energy as we know it, as we would recognize it type thing being the bigger symbol of how it's current day. It's like how the original shows were like letterbox. And then when it was showing the real world, it would go back to, to like movie format. And I think like the, the visuals and the visual cues of this show, again, like the Agatha thing, uh, they're the things that have made the show and they're going to get swept under because we're going to want to talk about like, look, look how awesome Elizabeth Olsen is. Look how awesome vision and vision are look how awesome okay look we've got this person that's going to go to this movie and some of the smaller stuff is going to get tossed under the rug but not on this podcast we're going to talk about the nerdy like what does her magic look like stuff speaking of speaking of two visions do you want to talk about the post-credit scene yeah sure which one there's two of them in the first in the first episode, no, there's only one. Oh, there's only one. Um, I forget what the post credit scene is in the first one. Psst. It was the reveal of White Vision. Oh yeah, that's right. It was the final like sort of solidifying proof that yeah, I kind of lied to you guys. She definitely didn't steal. Oh, okay, we're gonna flash back for a second though. Like, how fucked up was it? Like. 
I'll bring you into the lab so you can say goodbye to your husband, quote unquote, to open up the door just to like watch them pull him apart. That was fucked. <laughs> like it was He's a dick. No, but like it it was like they were well you have to imagine they were taking it apart anyway because they were trying to fix it they were trying to make it into a weapon anyways which is bad enough but it was almost like they they all waited in place for her to like see it and i was like on the one hand that's awesome because like you as you say he's an absolute dick but on the other hand i'm like that's if you take a look at that from a symbolic point of view that's really morbid like that's really morbid anyways to the post credit scene To the post-credit scene of yeah, let's power it up. We needed a little bit of Wanda magic to get it Make going it again. Work. And I, I, they had to do this because the um, they had the conversations at the beginning, especially with with Monica Rambo about how you change when you go through and you change when you go through. When they put the they took the drone into the hex and then Wanda pulled it out again. And after that, every single time there was a scene in their little like mobile lab area they they lingered on that thing a little bit longer to show you that it was still like vibrating with wanda-ness so all they took all the wanda-ness and used it to power up the new vision which Mm -hmm. leads me to believe that when she was in the proximity of that building before the hex was even made her being near vision should have reanimated him at the time uh no because she actually because they actually had to pull that power off of the drone. I guess that's true. They had to pull that power off of the drone she shot. So I still think it's f- fucked up that like when when she does create the hex, when she is standing in that empty lot, and the whole hex starts with her building herself a house, and then it expands out to the city, and then you go back into the house, and it literally looks for a second like she's splitting herself in half, but really she's creating vision. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't hit on this directly, and I'm sure I'm wrong, and I'm sure somebody will tell me that I'm wrong some kind of way. If she was basically able to recreate vision out of nothing, that somehow means that she has the power to create infinity stones doesn't it i mean she no because it she's talking about i feel like she's talking about that uh she created vision because she had a piece of the mind stone a small piece and that's why he couldn't leave the hex but i don't understand like and i think that's more of a metaphorical statement than a real statement because if they're trying to say that that's a real tangible physical statement the the infinity stones were turned to atoms as as thanos said after know, after he the, did the snap the physical forms of them are they're still like i don't know you know it's they they explain a lot of things of like it's it's magic yo just right no i, I i'm fully aware that i'm asking for a definition that i'm never going to get like I, I please know that I I'm feel fully like aware. It makes of it. sense to me because she, because the, the mind, the mind stone like enhanced her power. Yeah, th- and this is where I was going. If you want to go so with, so she a l- basically gave that bit back to create. Vision. Yeah, if you want to say that her powers were created or enhanced by the mind stone, so a bit of the mind stone's energy is in her yeah that's then kind of where i'm going then yes i i would get that but i'm just thinking like on on the wider end of possibility it's like 
if you had the power to create Infinity Stones, you should have been able to bitch slap Thanos. Well, in the movies, they, she she gets really close. She has him up in the air, tearing him apart to the point where he has to call in the airstrike on his yeah. own troops. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, if we switched around the time frame a little bit and she had realized the power that she had now back in Endgame, she could have created a hex around Thanos and he could have, like, walked out not Thanos, just like some weak little bitch. Like, here, walk through this wall. Okay, there you go. I don't know. I want to. I want to see magic fights. I. I. I I'm pretty well, sure. I mean, we're getting a whole movie that is basically magic. I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some magic off between uh, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange at some point. I mean, even... they basically said in the last episode that she's stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme, or not stronger, but has more power. I guess. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't know how to use it. Oh, that's the other thing. That's the first. The first time that she was actually christened as the scarlet witch was at the end yeah. of of it's the in second the last dark hold. no 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 before that uh when when uh agatha's trying to tell her like when she still got her kids on like the energy leashes she's like yeah. you, you don't even know what you're doing you have to give that power to me because you don't know how to do it you don't know that this is chaos magic and that makes you a scarlet witch and i love the fact that the way she says it she's expecting or the way she portrays it anyway she says the scarlet witch and i'm like do you think that that's like the scarlet letter or do you think like she's gonna say that and she's gonna get all offended or whatever something yeah well not even that it means something but like you think you're saying that like you think it's an insult and like you or or a bad negative connotation and you expect other people to automatically know that that would be like me coming up to you and saying you're the you're the green strawberry no, no. I think that's going to be my Alien 3 is Shawshank Redemption of this episode. The green strawberry. Anyway, no, but the, she dropped the, she dropped the name finally because nobody has mentioned the name. It's going to be like when they say mutants for the first time in a movie and everybody jizzes their pants. Was, <gasps> but, uh, so yeah, so that was that. And they basically froze time. They gave us the little post credit scene about the, the white vision. Uh, and then we go to the following episode, and we basically pick up the fight where it leaves off, and they kick the shit out of each other for a while, magic-wise. And then uh, Vision also uh, fights Vision. Well, th- no, no, Vision first of all shows up to stop the f- to break up the fight between Wanda and Agnes, and basically tries to crush Wanda's head. Oh, that yeah, White Vision. Right. White Vision like almost crushes Wanda's head in what I'm what I'm sure is supposed to be. Oh my God, Vision's come back. Even though he looks a bit different, he's here to help me and save me. And then it turns out like in this really terrifying moment for her. Oh my God, this person that I think is this person that I love is actually trying to crush my head. And I'm sure that's supposed to be like some real emotional tick for her in that moment in the episode. I, I laughed like a whole bunch. <laughs> at him just going like crush Spaz. what <laughs> don't laugh at people I'm, I'm laughing at I'm just it didn't come off I mean like, that's not how I meant to say it. don't laugh at people's sadness damn it no I mean the literal image of him trying to crush her head because it makes me think of like the sitcom where the guy's like looking through his fingers at somebody else. Oh, and trying to squish their head. I'm crushing your head. And I'm just like, he's actually he's actually doing the crushing the head thing. And then actual Vision finally shows up 
which is a short amount of time, but because, like we say, we've spread the last day's events over three episodes, it feels like he's been gone a while. And then we get the Vision fight, which is interesting, <laughs> to say the least, because they don't really explain what the substitute Infinity Stone is in White Vision's head. I, I think it's implied that it's a mini arc reactor, but I don't uh, think... It's kind of what it looks like, yeah. Yeah. I think, like, visually they try to imply it, and I think somebody says something similar enough to that to let us think that, but they never really they never really clarify it, which I'm fine with. Like, he, he's going to lose the fight, and he basically talks him out of the fight. He gives him the, the ship yeah, of whatever. Yeah, they basically logic puzzle. They basically, like, any, ro- any movie with sentient robots... Where they like talk in uh, philosophical conundrums. But see, here's the thing, though, and I know Vision isn't going to be in the Doctor Strange movie, but that did really have a Doctor Strange tone to it because Doctor Strange doesn't go and fight Dormammu; he just like. That's showed... right. He does go and just talks to him. He well, he basically annoys him to death. Yeah. <laughs> or he does not to death, but he annoys him to win, and. I guess if you're going to talk about super smart sentient robots, then that's the equivalent to that. So I do. I, I like that they ha- feel like short out. Like I thought it was going to be one of those things that it's like a uh, what's what's it called when a a uh, a paradox. Oh, and it can't handle it, and it just runs itself yeah, in a and circle. Yeah, it can't handle it. I never imagined the part where it's like, oh, okay. He talks him into being like, yeah, open up the memories that are in this body. And see, here's the thing. I know I know we're not even at the end of the episode yet, but I want to throw in a bit of a thing. I think if they're not already doing it, if the audience says they want it back enough, they're going to use the logic that fake vision, that vision that was in the hex, broke through and found the memories of like actual vision enough that he knew who he was again. So I think that vision that existed outside the hex is going to be our new version of vision going forward. Yes. Like, I think whatever she did to create him from scratch in the Hex, she's going to do onto the already existing Vision, and what he's already got based on, like, body and memory and all that sort of thing, combined with what she knows of him to create him again, we're we're basically going to get Vision again outside the Hex. I thought they were going to do it in the episode, but if they're going to do it later on down the line or as, like, a post Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This whole time I've been, like, those kids are going to make it. Yeah, no. Those (laughs) kids are going to survive. Hard, no. I still think that... I still think that, but just not in this show. Somebody pointed something out, right? And I'm not getting this from the show. Somebody pointed this out on, uh, I think it was on Twitter. But we've already established that Wiccan has a mental link with his mom because they have the same kind of powers. So whatever she's feeling, he feels it. Whatever she's thinking, she thinks it. He knows when she's in trouble and all that kind of thing, right? If that's the case, then that kid went a good day before, long before his parents were tucking him into bed, knowing that his mom was about to kill him. I guess. I mean, that's not ever... it was th- all going to be different. That's not, ever t- that's not ever said in the show, but that's, that's a terrifying and really sad thought. <laughs> Mommy's about to kill me. I better go to sleep now. And then... Not kill him, but he just, you know, won't exist anymore. Okay. Do you really want to get into the conversation of, hey, now you're alive, now nothing that has even called you is alive anymore, and how many ways that's killing somebody? (laughs) 
but also because it it poses a real a real emotional moral conundrum to Wiccan because Speed doesn't have the same powers. So if you know that your mom is about to kill you and your brother, do you tell your brother so that he can live with that terrifying knowledge as well? Nope. 100% no. Well, you wouldn't because you're a good person. But we've already decided on this show, basically in every movie we've reviewed so far, that kids are shitty. Be like, if I'm going to be scared, you're going to be scared too, bitch. Anyways, we jumped way ahead in the episode there. Just a smidge. I, yeah, so the visions kind of like outlogic each other. And then... White Vision doesn't join the fight. He just kind of pieces he out. fucks off. Like, it would have been another cool thing to have White Vision do the Scarlet Witch thing, where she basically decides at the end of Ultron that she's going to be a good guy now and basically joins the fight and just, like, sort of go along with them. But I did like that the entire family got to have their Avengers Assemble moment in the downtown square, like, getting ready and to fight. And take her. care of the, the military. Yeah, and obviously the one that's Speed stole the sunglasses, because Speed in the comics, he wears blue sunglasses. That's fine. Um, Agatha showing... See, I feel like Marvel does enough to, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Marvel does enough in some aspects to, like, uh, whenever they decide they're going to go like that, just go for the obvious, like, thing. Mm -hmm. They've the, done so many, like, subtle versions of other things. I'm but, like, all right, fine, you can have that one. But Marvel does those kind of things, and, and it, I know it really sounds like I kiss Marvel's ass, and I do. I think what they've created is fantastic. They always do those things in such a way that if you know what the Easter egg actually is, you get to enjoy it. If you don't know what the Easter egg is, it still makes sense in that scene. If you don't know what that means, it still makes sense of, oh, I had to freeze all these uh, agents, and they seem to be dicks, so I stole one of their sunglasses. Like, you can and have... Because I'm a kid, and that's what yeah, I be like, but, yeah, I'm going to steal this guy's sunglasses. But, that's, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, regardless of the Easter egg, that still does make sense. It's not something that's like, oh my god, why would a kid do that? Oh, okay, it's in the comic book. Like, it exists on both sides of the coin. It works as a Easter egg, but it works as just a character moment in the current story as well. And I think with if you consider other scenes and other entities mm -hmm. that are out there, I think Marvel knocks that out of the park most of the time. I've, uh, I've also probably said this before, but in the sense that I feel like Marvel has earned a lot of uh, lead way in those kinds of things. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, even, let's be honest, even their bad stuff, even stuff that would be considered bad within their, if you're not putting it on a scale of other movies, just on a scale of Marvel movies, even the least favorite Marvel movies are just, like, fine. The Maybe least, the least favorite Marvel more. movies that I have are not based on quality like you and i have talked before like if they weren't connected i probably wouldn't watch captain america and i probably wouldn't watch um ant-man that's basically it captain america but i mean I'm, I'm saying the universal ones that most people don't like uh the second thor movie yeah. um the the only hulk movie yeah those kind of things you watch them and you're like, yeah, that that's fine, and you got enough to be able to connect it with the other ones, you know, of what's like happening and everything. Yeah, but you if you think about the fact that all of... are like not real bad, they're just like, all right, whatever. But if you think about the fact that all of those were in phase one when the MCU didn't 
know movie to movie whether they were gonna be able to be a thing right but also even now like even if i look at uh captain america like captain america like the first one especially like first avenger objectively is a good movie it is a well-made movie it is a well-put-together movie it's a well-acted movie it's just a character that i don't personally like and that's not a uh thing to the quality of the thing um ant-man is it's more of a family comedy, which is not what I go to Marvel for, but some people might. And I don't particularly like Paul Rudd, but a lot of other people do. So it comes if, if it's just coming down to personal taste, it's so far off of being a uh, comment on quality that I can't even justify shitting on it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even... I think we, we said this when we did the big, long 19 movie review. I think at this point, Marvel's at the point where they get a couple freebies. Like, we don't know what the uh, Eternals is going to be. Like, I don't know much about it. You don't know much about it, right? I, I know very little about it. So go, we're both going in dry to that particular movie. If that move, if we come together and collectively decide that that movie shit the bed, it's not going to make one bit of difference to whether we're going to go back and watch Thor Love and Thunder or whether we're going to watch Black Panther 2 or whether we're going to watch the next one. One movie is not going to take down yeah. the whole franchise. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, we talk about, like, giving companies passes every now and then, right? Like, I think Marvel's earned itself at least two or three good passes, and I don't even think they're going to need to use them. Because you go back to, like, your your example being Thor the Dark World. Like, Thor the Dark World is only kind of crappy now based on the comparison of what we have currently. Well, ten years of movie making is going to make a difference in movies. Yeah. Um... But yeah, long story short, they they do really good at Easter eggs, is I think where we were going with that. Yes. Um, Darcy comes in with the falafel truck and, like, hits what's-his-face. Jimmy Woo... in jail. Jimmy Woo, like, literally got himself a safety pin to get himself out of his handcuffs and call in the FBI on the corrupt uh, government guy. Like, why we couldn't do that before, nobody knows. Um, But Agatha working on the emotional end of the Wanda situation sets free all the different members of the, of the town. And she starts seeing how terrified everybody is and how she's kept everybody captive and whatever. And it was kind of cool because it did sort of go back to at one point in the show, when she was on a little bit more of a selfish kick, you could make a defense that Wanda was the villain of her own story. Cause yes. she had taken in a lot of people and I don't, I have to go and watch that scene when she starts waking everybody up. As I ha- soon as she woke, as soon as she woke everybody up, I was like, "These people are gonna be, need so much fucking therapy." <laughs> well, that, but also like you can understand them going after Wanda because like it's sort of elastic time wise, but like we don't know how long they've been trapped in there at that point. Uh, but literally the season, sorry, not the season, the scene where she's opening them, I have to go watch it again because I found it really effective, but I think if I go back and watch it again, it's just like, okay, you're all, like, hitting a little switch in the back of your head, and the second time or the third time that I watch that, it's probably going to look a bit funny, but on the first glance, it was like, oh shit, I fucked with all these people, and they're going to come kick my ass, and I really can't even give them a reason not to kick my ass. Well, what's funny is they're not trying to kick her ass, they're all like... They've all a lot of them have been resigned to being yeah. stuck, and they're just like, "Could you please tell like my husband that I love him, or could you please let me just hug my daughter?" 
Yeah, but they're all expressing their fear, and not yeah. to, not to make a general statement on the world, but a scared person can switch to a a violent or an angry or an aggressive or a dangerous person pretty quickly. Fear is a pretty good motivator, and if they're feeling free enough to express the fear, then eventually they're going to realize they're free enough to do those other things. But then, once again, for Agatha to bring it back to the Salem witch trial, she's like. There's always going to be a crowd like this, and they're always going to have their pitchforks. And I'm like, so you just convinced all these people that Wanda's the bad guy. Now you're trying to convince Wanda that all these people are the bad guys. And you're going to try and convince us that you're the good guy. And um, then we get back to the magic fight, uh, which is really good. Oh, one thing that I loved that I totally skipped over because we're doing this with no notes. Uh, what's his name? Asshat sword guy tried to shoot the kids. So that was a thing. Asshat sword guy. Oh, sword guy. Yeah. Asshat guy from sword. In that moment of when you said sword guy, I literally pictured a guy with a sword. Asshat sword guy. Where the fuck was that? No, but like, first of all, okay, we're going to talk about the Monica Rambeau thing and how like Wiccan was able to stop it with his telekinesis and all that. But let's just pause on the initial statement that grown ass adult military guy first reaction was to shoot children. I mean, he's the bad guy. One of the bad guys. I know. But He's it's... the most bad guy of the bad guys. But then, obviously, Monica Rambeau comes in and she blocks it with her body, which was which was a pretty... Which, a, it's, yes, I'm going to lay my own life down to help other people, but B, you know, life on the line, and then it starts just going through her because the way everybody phased through the wall now people are things are just phasing through her which was kind of a cool reveal and you see the eyes light up because she's realizing her powers and all that wonderful stuff and then wiccan just like catches one of them like it's nothing i'm like that is so badass Mm -hmm. and then rambo and the kid are like yeah nice tricks yeah you too I wish, honestly, because she, uh, obviously she's going to be a, a big character in the next movies or in the next shows or whatever, I wish that Monica Rambeau had had a bigger part in the fight. But, like, mm-hmm. she came in and sort of... She sort of did a Captain America in Endgame. She sort of came in and made her one save and then sort of politely fucked off. And then we got Darcy with well, the falafel I mean, jug. They can explain that as she, you know... She knows she has powers, but what are they? Yeah, no, I just because I like the character, and obviously whatever they yeah. do with with her next is is gonna be is gonna be good. Like she's obviously gonna go off and be the photon character, and we're gonna talk about the post credit scenes in a second. Um, but no, I just because she and Darcy, and Darcy was only there for like the five seconds in the falafel truck, and that was it. So that was kind of a bummer too. Yeah, but like we like Darcy. I would have loved Darcy to like have worked out some kind of tech where she like. Like, obviously, she came in in the falafel truck, but, like, if she had worked out some kind of tech where she could still, like, roll in and, like, just squash one of, like, some small bad guy, it would have been a cool moment. Kind of like giving Pepper Potts a, uh Iron Man suit for no particular reason. Anyways, we don't need to, we don't need to go into that. Um, but, yeah, no, like, I feel like Monica and Darcy and Jimmy being really Wanda's only advocates on the outside... Uh, having them be such a small part of the final fight was a little bit of a bummer. I don't think it took away from the, the episode or the fight, don't get me wrong. But I think I, I would have, if it was if it was in my hands, which it's 
definitely not. Uh, they would have been a slightly bigger part of the fight. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did we go from there? Oh, and then... Uh, we got to see Wanda's new costume. Oh, my God. As well oh, during this fight. When she got all her powers back, which Agatha yes. actually couldn't steal because the ruins that Agatha put up in her house so that Wanda couldn't do anything... Wanda has engraved those ruins in the actual walls of the hex. So she lets Agatha think that, yeah, you're going to soak out all my powers, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to take them back and, and maybe yours as well. And it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, the actual reveal of her actual comic book look was fucking awesome. Cause the whole I think t- it looks really good. It could again, Marvel being like it could have looked super cheesy, but mm-hmm. I think it looks really good. And see, once again, they get they get the best of both worlds because they did get to do the cheesy comic book accurate thing when they did the Halloween episode. So they're like, mm-hmm. we did we did tip a tip a hat to that. We did tip a hat to comic accurate vision, and now we're gonna go forward with our own no pun intended, vision of, 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 yeah, you knew where I was going, uh, of those, I think, as I say, the way they serve the people that like the comics, even though the comics, the way they are, would translate a bit cheesy on screen, they can still pander to those people, but create what is a 2021 version of those characters, and please both sides. Because the one thing you do have to realize is there's a lot of people like me out there who don't read the comics. And they'd be like, why would they have that or something like that? Oh, because of issue, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot more people that like Jason Momoa than comic book accurate Aquaman. Just I mean, saying. that's true. <laughs> that, that, that is a thing. But, uh, so she basically, she basically drains Agatha, which is a fitting... Oh, even better. She does even better than draining Agatha. Well, no, I'm saying the, the draining first is, is a great metaphor because Agatha's mission, although we didn't know it until the last couple of episodes, was to figure out how her power works and suck it out of her. So to have her own power sucked back by Wanda, sorry, no no dirty thoughts, guys, in the comment section, uh, I think was like an ultimate revenge. And then she's like, yeah, you get to be the character you came in here to play. You get to be the nosy sitcom neighbor. And she just turns her into character. And, oh, my God, it's cheesy in all the best ways. Basically, she's, well, well, as she pleads, she's like, I know things about magic that you don't. And she's like, oh, I know. And if I need your help, I know right where you are. So I would uh, expect a scene with Agatha in the Doctor Strange movie. Okay, Maybe let, not a whole thing. Let, let's, but keep, I, let's, keep consi- let's keep it consistent with the show. Let's have her in Wanda's basement, trapped by ruins and not able to leave. Now, we do get to the sad bit, because actual Vision, who's now White Vision, has fucked off. The Vision that we've been following in this show, and Wanda, and the kids, all go home and they all treat it like it's the nice end to a sitcom. They all fade back into their regular clothes and everything. They go and they tuck the kids in, and you get that doomy, this is not going to be a happy ending feeling. Yeah, because you can see the walls of the of the hex yep. slowly closing in. Yeah, and then she goes and tucks the kids in, even though one of them's terrified and knows he's going to die, because, you know, you know, child abuse isn't child abuse if the kids don't really exist. It's fine. Um, they have a nice moment 
in their family room where she's turning out all the lights and he says you have to turn the lights back on because you know I want to see you one last time before I go and I think there it it doesn't really get said and I'll and I'll throw this over to you because I want to know what you think obviously um, there's a point in the fight between the two visions that our vision that we've been watching in this show realizes he's not the real deal. Like they, sh- they, they, both visions have like a conversation about the fact that they're both not really the real vision because this vision, the white vision, is made of all the parts. They do the meta, they do the metaphor, uh, not metaphor. They do the like. Yeah, they, they, they do. They do, the me- they do the philosophy debate of if you take a ship and slowly over time replace each of the boards, is it the same ship? Yeah. And. Uh, and see, I would make I would I would make the argument talks about he has all the pieces of the old vision, but not the Mind Stone, and so he's not he doesn't think he's the real vision. Right. And our other vision is talking about. I mean, he was made from a fragment of the Mind Stone, but there's nothing original about him. Right. I would make the argument, and this is my take, this is not anything from anybody else, I would make the argument that the quote-unquote real vision is the white vision, and and, and I'll tell you for why, right? Because this is a whole metaphor on grief. Right? This is a whole metaphor on Wanda's grief, and she created the Hex, and she created her version of Vision in the Hex based on grief. Now, her grief is over the loss of Vision, and the memories and the love and all that that they had with the actual, like, physically built Vision. Now, at the end of the episode, the Vision from the Hex brings back all those memories in the White Vision of the life that was spent with Wanda. Now that life spent with Wanda is what leads to the grief that creates the whole hex thing. So he's the actual physical original entity and all the memories and all that that go with it and all the pre-existing relationship with Wanda exists within him. So while I'm splitting hairs and I realize that I'm going to throw the real vision moniker onto the white vision and if she can create Infinity Stones. She can plop one back in his dome, and he can she turn red. Create again. Infinity Stones. She, she did. She kind, didn't. She kind of did. Create an Infinity Stone. She, she kind of did. A fragment of the Infinity Stone. Uh, in the Infinity Stone's power within her. Okay. That's not the whole Infinity Stone. It's fine. She's gonna create another Infinity. She's gonna go like magic double team with Doctor Strange. And there's going to be like a yellow and red and and green vision stone. He's going to have a traffic light in his forehead. I'm I I'm done. He's being silly now, everyone. It's fine. I I kind of I I like Paul Bettany. It's the whole like I don't like Ant Man because I don't like Paul Rudd. I want Vision to keep going in the MCU because I like Paul Bettany, and I think Paul Bettany's great in the character. I think him playing the totally deadpan robotic version of Vision was great, him playing the version that only really existed from the start of the Hex, him going backwards and playing all the sitcom versions of himself. I don't want anybody to go anywhere in this show. Anyways, getting back to, you know, the end of the world, you know, the kids die off screen because, you know, they're not that terrible. And then everything fades away and Vision fades away while they're making out. And that's weird because it means she's eventually kissing air. The town disappears, the house disappears, 
which makes me... Oh, no, the town is still there. The town is fixed. Well, okay. The town's the, a real town. Her version of the town disappears because the hex is gone. Like, her version of West... Well, I, I know, but I'm just correcting you. You're, you. You're, you're just pissing in my chips now. It's fine. Yes, um, I am. But now, I want to know what that means for Agatha, because she was the only one that had her hex personality put back on her, and those personalities only existed in the hex. So now that the hex is gone, what is she, where is she? Or did she also die along with the kids in Vision? She she didn't die along with the kids in Vision. She is, well, she said no one will bother you. So basically she'll just be in... Yeah, well, guess what? The house next door. Guess what? Nobody can bother you if you're dead. She's not dead. I mean, in fact, I'm, like I said, I'm really sure that what's going to happen is that we're going to have a, probably one scene where they go visit Agatha. You know, you know what I want, honestly? I want the post credit scene of whatever uh, Doctor Strange and, and Thing is. I want them to, whenever they're done fighting what they're about to fight. I want them to both come back to the Sanctum Sanctorum. They put their feet up, they pop the TV on, and the Agatha All Along theme comes on, and they just grab the remote, turn the TV off, and like, fucking hate that show. <laughs> I want that to be the post credit scene. That's good, because that'll be really good. Um, we should talk about the sort of... spec Before we get into the post credit stuff, which is a lot of fun to dig into... We should say, uh, with the Darkhold and with the constant emphasis of making sure we know that it's the Chaos magic, the rumor going around now is that it's not Mephisto or Nightmare in Doctor Strange, that it's actually the God of Chaos or the God of Chaos magic, who's got some weird name, that I'm actually going to Google because you're I, the only... Uh, nope, I, I got nothing on that right now, so... Okay. So you talk for a second, and I'm going to try and work out the wiki goofu. So he's going to do wiki goofu now. Um, how, what do I? What do I? I mean, you just left me here. This is why you do wiki goofu, and I do not do Kathon. Kathon. Uh, there we go. Uh, the god Kathon is a, as far as I know, and as far as I've heard speculation, he's a like an MCU god, like small small G, not capital G. Uh, on the same level as Mephisto and Nightmare and a couple of other characters, but I'm it's... glad it wasn't the Mephisto thing. I'm really, I really am, mostly because it pissed in a lot of people's corn chips. But be because in the story, weren't Mephisto like um, didn't weren't the kids shards of Mephisto, and then she had to recreate yeah. them later. So yeah, so they don't need him then if the kids were just like shards of her, pretty much. Um, but I mean, that's cool. I mean, I, I like horror. So if they're, if they're going to have a villain in the movie called Nightmare, I'm going to go with that just because I love the cheesiness of it. Not because I know anything about the powers or anything. Um, but the fact that they do have the Darkhold and questionable whether it's the same Darkhold from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but she's basically going to you know, research it and become more in tune with their powers and all that sort of thing, which brings us to, because either she's going to find out something really great about herself, or she's going to go entirely in the wrong direction, which is kind of what Agatha was telling her she was doing. So that's kind of funny to prove the villain right. That's a that's an yeah. interesting move for, for Marvel to do. So she's either going to do something really right and go to 
Doctor Strange for more training, or she's going to do something really wrong, and he's going to find her and say, no, 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 you need more training. And I'm really, I'm really okay with either of those scenarios. I'm, I'm okay if it's like sort of a Ray and Luke situation where she seeks him mm-hmm. out, and I'm okay on the other side of the coin because he sort of keeps an eye on things in the universe and, and magic and all that crap if he has to come and sort of correct her a little bit. And that I did not mean for that to sound as condescending as it did. No. Um, you get what I mean, even though you're going to yeah. bust my balls for it, I'm sure. Um, I'll let that one slide. I'm getting sleepy, so. Yeah, well, that's very kind of you. You're welcome. It's only 10 after 10 where you are. I know. I'm an old lady. Oh, fuck off. I get the implication of that, and I'm not letting it slide. Okay. Um, first post credit scene is um, basically the cleanup of of everything because she of town yeah because she basically goes back and she ends up in the what do you call it like the empty lot that she first found that was in vision's will i'm still gonna say that the the vision who's a robot partially created by evil ass ultron has a will whatever this is no this is it's, it's only logical but to me, and he that, may not exist at some point. But to me, that's as funny as you telling me about Black Panther and Storm's divorce. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like I know that it's a thing, and I'm not saying that it's not a thing. But here's these great magical cosmic superpowered beings, and now they're in divorce counseling. Like it's just it grounds them so much. Like we're gonna talk about falcon and winter soldier in a second but that whole show is going to be way more grounded than this and i think that that having something like that it just does that but anyway she leaves town she's getting the dirty looks from everybody she turns into her regular like everyday clothes everyday dress self to walk through the town and get dirty looks from everybody to turn back into like her scarlet witch self and fly away uh, but they go back to where everything's being all sorted out, and there's all a bunch of compliments between Jimmy and Monica Rambo, and I don't even think Darcy... Oh, they say Darcy's already gone because being debriefed is for pussies or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is obviously a Darcy thing. Um, Jimmy gets basically put in charge of the cleanup and the investigation, and Monica Rambo gets sort of pulled aside. By an agent who says, you know, we need to debrief you and we're doing it in the theater. Obviously, she walks into the theater. There's nobody else there. The agent that brought her there, face turns green. Clearly, she's a scroll. I'd like to take you to talk to one of your mom's friends, which is clearly going to be Fury. So yeah, that... everybody's saying this is lead up for Captain Marvel, Marvel 2. Well, it's either that or it's going to be the Agents of Sword show. Is there an Agents of Sword show? Oh, yeah. Um, what's his name? Um, Sam Jackson's getting his own TV show. Oh, okay. Whereas he only showed up for, like, two episodes to get S.H.I.E.L.D. off the ground, he's gonna be, like, the guy for S.W.O.R.D. Okay. And, I mean, if it's just him and Rambo, and they're running S.W.O.R.D., I'd, I'd be down for that, for a movie. Or for a movie or for a show. It's probably gonna be a show. Um... Because I think actual Captain Marvel 2 is going to be Captain Marvel. Everybody's saying, well, you know, Photon was Captain Marvel at some point, and she could be Captain Marvel again. And I'm like, yes, I'm aware that a lot of people don't like Brie Larson. We're not going to cost somebody a career because you don't like them. But if they did if they did Rambo, or sorry, Photon and Photon and Fury, that's, yeah. what, that's what the show should be called. 
Photon and Fury, the Agents of Sword. It's as good a name as anything else. It, it really is. I mean, okay, Love and Thunder. I have no idea what that movie's going to be about. So it's, it's all about Lady Thor. It's all about Jane Foster becoming Lady Thor, and it's all about King, it's all about King Valkyrie finding a wife. Okay. Yep. But I mean, we're gonna get Tessa Thompson and Natalie Portman in some sort of coupling there, and I'm I'm down for that. I think they could pull that off. I don't think Natalie Portman's gonna pull off being a Thor, but uh, they haven't they haven't gone too terrible yet, so I I trust them yeah. to try. Yep, and it's and it's it becomes a hysterical point of conversation, and it's like uh, you well you just don't you just don't want a female Thor, and I'm like no I'm fine with a female Thor. I just on first glance as somebody that's just telling me the idea, I don't think Natalie Portman is is Thor to me. It's like they're talking about like obviously it's a delicate conversation. Who would you have as the female Thor then I if you could? Don't... If you could recast the role of uh, Jane Foster. See, if I was picking somebody to be Lady Thor, I'd be picking them to be Lady Thor. I don't think... And I know they're the same person, and I know that's a ridiculous uh, statement to make. Honestly, uh, because it's me, and because I'm really, really predictable, I'm going to go down the wrestling route, and I'm going to go Rhea Ripley. To Rhea, be Lady Thor? To be Lady Thor. Okay. I think that would be awesome. Because a lot of people said Charlotte, and I'd be totally down for Charlotte as well, but, you know, it's 2021, and we're not allowed to like Charlotte anymore, and people can fuck off. Um, but no, it's it's not the fact that I don't think they I, they should do a Lady Thor. If that story exists, and it's, a, it, and it's an interesting storyline to go down, I hope they do really good with it. It's the same as, you know, they've said they're not going to recast Chadwick Boseman, so they're going to pass the mantle of... Uh, Black Panther onto Shuri, and I think that's awesome, because I like Shuri, and I think Shuri could portray her own version of the Black Panther. I just... I, Natalie Portman... I can't wait for that. Not like... She's too... Like, as an actress, and this is not a put-down, but she comes across on the screen as way too nice. She comes across as romantic comedy, not action movie. I think she could be in action, like, she could be the no, one... No, you're saying she could be in action movies, but she's not... She could be the one getting saved? Yeah, she's not the badass in your mind. Like, if she was just Jane Foster, and, like, Valkyrie came to save her instead of Thor, and Valkyrie herself became the new Thor, like, Tessa Thompson became the new Thor, I don't. I know that's not how the story goes in the comics, I understand, but that'd be cool. I wouldn't because... mind if at this point they deviate from the comics, I mean, yeah. they... Neither would I, have, but some of like, them do. The same pieces are there, and the same generalness is there, yeah. but, I mean, not everything that's happened in the movies happened in the comics. Yeah, because Natalie Portman filled the the Jane Foster role as it was at that time, but she's not a... I'm sorry, she's not a badass. Like, she's a great actress. She played her role. She played, you know, fish out of water when Thor had to take her to Asgard and get, like, all the ether sucked out of her and shit. Like, oh my god, I can't believe all these things are happening to me. That's not the same as hopping into a fight and throwing Molnir around and doing all these other things and talking to raccoons and shit. I don't know. But I'm sure somebody will take that the wrong way and I will preemptively tell you to fuck off. Um, how did we get here? <laughs> I don't know. We're, oh, we're, credit scene. And, and credit scene because we were talking about how it's going to lead to sword and whatnot. 
Um, the other thing that I'm really looking forward to and I didn't know was really a thing, apparently Falcon and the Winter Soldier is meant to lead into Armor Wars. Okay. And, and Armor Wars is basically uh, a show specifically for War Machine. And it's basically the government, now that Tony is gone and dead, like the government has taken ownership of all of his tech, which means like all of his suits. So it's basically War Machine going to war with all these other Tony suits that have been corrupted by the government. So I'm like, it's Transformers. Let's like just which is, which is exactly why Tony didn't want to give them to him yes. in the first place. But like, but I love it though because it's blatantly Transformers. Like Marvel just wants to have their own version of Transformers, and I'm totally okay with that because <laughs> it's just it's very much like Godzilla King Kong that we're looking forward to this year. I I'm down for like a big deep emotional story like we've just had in WandaVision. But I also want to have some big dumb fun. I also just want to have some ridiculous machines smashing into each other because there's good in that too. Uh, it's not the one I'm like dying to see, but I'm. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it, which is what everybody says. And then they decide. Like, I mean, WandaVision wasn't really appealing to me until I watched it, and then it's fucking great. Yeah. Although I bet it does lose some of the intrigue on a second viewing. Oh, yeah, but that's that's the same for anything. I, I'll go back and watch the first couple of episodes just because I think they were just well-made. And I think the tributes and the and the winks and nods that they tried to do were so well done. Like, down to, down to the camera work, down to the styling, down to having a studio audience. Um, I just think, I just think this show, like, the story was great, but I think the concept of it was even bigger than the story. And I think that'll, that'll shine through on a rewatch. Anyways, second post-credit scene is we take a long, we take a long camera shot over a lot of water through a lot of woods, and they really drag it out to little tiny like one-person cabin where Wanda's sitting out there on the porch just looking at stuff. It kind of made me think of the end of Infinity War when he had done the snap and he just sort of sits outside his little like hut and yeah. just, just has himself a sit. Except it's Thanos, and you just killed everybody, so you're like, fuck that guy. Whereas with yeah. Wanda, with Wanda, you're like, okay, you've just gotten over this big metaphorical uh, grief thing, thing, so so now you can breathe and whatever. Till you look inside the house, and there's another Wanda, who's very much doing the Doctor Strange thing, sort of hovering in midair, reading a book that is also hovering in midair, and it's the dark. It is the Dark Hold as well, I believe. Yes. Um, and then listening and hearing her kids in another, in another reality and then cut to black. Now, obviously there's astral projection going on down there because there's two Wandas. The debate that I've seen online and the debate that I almost don't want an answer to is which one of those Wandas is the Wanda and which one of those Wandas is the projection. Because if... She's out there just having a drink and letting, you know, her projected self learn some stuff so that she can learn it sort of by osmosis. That's cool. But if it's the real her learning all she can about all this dark magic and just putting a fake version of herself out there to look like she's having a peaceful, calm cup of tea, those are, they're pretty much the same, but they're not the same. Because mm -hmm. it shows intent more than anything else. But obviously we're going to get the kids back. Obviously... That's 
at least some more of that story is going to be told in the Doctor Strange thing. I, if she does get her kids back through magic and all that, I don't want it to be as immediate as the very next thing that she's in. Like, I want that to be something happening in the background while she's learning all this other stuff from Doctor Strange, but, like, maybe she shows up in another movie, or maybe there's just a Scarlet Witch movie where she gets her kids. I'm pretty sure those kids are coming back in the Doctor Strange movie. They're building the Young Avengers. They are, but I don't think I don't think they need to fast track that either. I do want the Young Avengers because I do find it appealing for the most part. I don't want. Well, I mean, the... they still have to have a couple things. Like they have to have the Hawkeye show. They have to have yeah. a couple other things. Although they'll probably introduce some of them in the actual movie. Right. No. I and this or in and... the actual, however they decide to introduce them yeah but marvel as much as marvel has changed and as much as marvel has become this multi-layered thing now they do have to stick with what got them to the dance initially with the original avengers which was they took fucking time making each character and then bringing them together meant something not like dc where they tried to bring them all together and then tell us who they were so i don't think they can go back on that formula now and i think after seeing these kids through this show, and then they get killed, and then in the same year, because I think Doctor Strange comes out this year. If I'm not sure. I, if I'm wrong, my point's kind of going to fall out the window. But if we see these kids, and we see these kids, and then we see the sadness of her losing these kids, and they're back again in the storyline in the same year. I think how they come back, I think how they'll come back is like sort of like in the comics in the comics they're like reincarnated somehow so they're not her kids they're born to like other people right and then she finds them yes and then she finds them i i think it'll be something like that i think she'll save them i think they'll exist and then the end of the movie will be like either them being uh born or somehow being they exist but not with her Right. And see, I'm cool with all of that, because I think all of that is a really cool... I, I hope they stop and take the time and really figure out who they want the teenage versions of those kids to be. I just don't want to see it that soon. That's the only thing for me. I think it'll be the end of the movie. Like, maybe even the post credit scene. See, I would I would almost rather... Because you were saying, like, some somebody's going to be introduced in the actual Young Avengers movie. I think... You do the opposite. I think you build up stature. I think you build up new Black Widow. I think you build up new Hawkeye. I think you've got Spider-Man sort of in the lead. Shuri will be in there at some point. I think you pull all the Avengers together, and then the last characters to drop in in the actual movie will be the twins. Only because these characters are all built up, but Wanda's kids are the characters that we knew first. So even though we haven't seen them in a while, they're the ones we're most invested in. I think you can play it that way. A lot better. I if they do introduce them in the Doctor Strange movie, I'm not going to be upset about it. I just I'd like a gap. I'd like a gap as somebody watching the story who's like, oh, that's sad. The kids are dead. Kind of like we had a, what was it a year to think that everybody had been dusted before we realized that mm-hmm. they were all coming back. You know, except Gamora because you know falling off a cliff hurts. And and Black Widow. Well, also, also falling off a cliff hurts. That's true. And also... And we did not know Black Widow was going to die. It's true. 
I did see a great meme the other day, and it was like a two-part thing on the top half of the picture. It was Deadpool doing the, oh my god, she's going to do the superhero landing, just watch! And then the second panel was like Gamora dead at the bottom of the cliff. Boo, sir. It, it, it's funny. It's funny. It's Deadpool funny. I know. Oh, man. So, this was good. Like... This was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, and this, like I said, this was a series that I was just like, I mean, I'll watch it, but whatever. Yeah. And I ended up really enjoying it, and like, really being like, ah, damn it, that's the end of the episode, whenever mm. an episode would end. They were all really short. Like, I know these are big budget, like, almost movie-level TV shows, so they can only do so much before the budget is gone, but all the episodes were really short. They, they can only do, you know, the last episode before 60% of the budget is gone. Jesus Christ. That that whole fight where they're fighting basically against the backdrop of the hex wall, that must have been so much fun to do. I mean, the, the Vision and Vision fight must have been fun to do, too, but the whole magicking everything and I don't know it's weird like I feel like I should be I don't know about you but I feel like we should be saying more about the show I wish people could see the ridiculously goofy smile I have on my face talking about this show and to me that's the win like I'm not saying anything I'm sitting here with a goofy look on my face and then I remember oh shit we're in an audio platform and no one can see that <laughs> on podcasts nobody can see you smile no. Anyways, so, uh, for anybody that's still listening, because we've been talking for quite a bit, what you can expect from us in the next little while, there is a making of WandaVision thing going out next week. I don't really care to review it, and Kristen's not watching it, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, I will suggest to you, uh, they've already put out the next two Legends things for Falcon and for Winter Soldier. They're like little 10-minute clips. Here's the entire MCU from this character's point of view. Uh, we're not going to review them because it's just stuff we already know, but they are really good. I really do suggest them if you want to get yourself all psyched up for, um, for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, we are going to, as we talked about last week, we are going to go with an every other episode format where... At the after episode two, we'll talk about one and two. After episode four, we'll talk about three and four, etc. So after episode two of Falcon and Winter Soldier, we'll start talking about it up here. Don't know whether we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut or not. It's sort of a, after we see it, we'll decide if we have anything to say about it. And we may or may not knock out a review of Unbreakable because we are eventually doing the Unbreakable Split Glass trilogy. So we have a lot of stuff coming up. We hope you guys are really enjoying it. Um, feedback is always appreciated down in the comment section below so that YouTube doesn't yell at me about not having interaction. Um, I'm having a good time, Kristen. How are you doing? I am having a good time, but my mouth is really dry, and I would like to go get something to drink, but I can't get up during the show. No, you can't. Well, I mean, you can call Travis in again. And that, that always I could, works. but I'm not going to do that this time. Well, what, what movie are we talking about this time, guys? Oh, well, I just wanted you to bring me a drink. I, I got sick at some point this week, and he had to take care of me, and so I'm, I'm giving him a break. Uh, I'm like, you poor thing, you had to take care of me while I was, like, ill. 
You didn't... Not with COVID. Okay, you didn't fall prey to the ongoing global bastard, did you? No, I did not fall prey to the ongoing global bastard. Well, that's good. I'm sure everybody's happy to hear that. Um, yeah, I don't really have a snappy ending for this. WandaVision was really fucking good, and if this is how... If you didn't watch it, go watch it. If you didn't if watch it... Listening, if, if, if you're you, listening to this, why are you listening to this? If you didn't, go watch it. I was going to say, if you didn't watch it, you probably don't care what other people think of it, but hey, yeah. thanks for hanging out. Um, what I was going to say, if this is the standard sort of going forward of what we're going to get from a Disney Plus Marvel show, I think we've got a lot of good stuff to look forward to. And that means you're going to have to put up with a lot of us. Yay! Anyways, like I said, I don't really have a snappy ending for any of this, but uh, yeah, tell them where to find you. Oh, uh... <laughs> That's your cue to plug yeah. your socials and stuff. That I don't go to, so you know. You know where to find me. Find her at Black Hat Feline on Twitter and on Instagram. And yeah. yeah. Oh, he said. That was a really lame transition over into my thing that says, you guys know where to find me, or you wouldn't be here. I've been Spaz, she's been Christian, we have been FlixFix. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation, keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, myself and Christian are tagging out. Bye, guys. Bye.